but I had a pastor one time tell me, he said, Brother Herman, always keep good singing around you because it covers up your bad preaching. And so I am grateful tonight for the wonderful, wonderful music that we had tonight and such a blessing and, and honor to the Lord. Thank you so much for being here. It's been already a great, great time. I got home, I preached in our home church on Sunday, and we got home, my daughter and I, and we uh, got on live stream and heard Brother Scott's message on Sunday evening and got up at 5 o'clock to drive up here to hear Brother Mark at noontime and have been tremendously blessed ever since. And so uh, it's good to be here. Uh, I, I, I told somebody I feel like the little donkey uh, that thought he was going to the state fair and ended up at the Kentucky Derby. Uh, I tell you, I, I'm out of place, I tell you that. I need to be at the fair instead of the Kentucky Derby, but I'm honored. And to be on the program with Brother Herb is, you know, is out. I never miss one of his messages of every conference. I tell Brother Charles, be sure and bring me the tapes, and I've listened to them ever since Brother Herb has been coming here, and tremendous blessing others, and, and it's just an honor for me to stand here tonight and to share with you. Uh, every year at the beginning of the year, I guess all of us do this. I know I do, and I know a lot of you that are in business do this. Is When you begin a new year, you kind of evaluate where you are. Uh, you look at your books, and you tell where you've been, and, and you look at where you're at, and, and then, of course, you project goals and, and, and dreams for where you want to go this year. And for the last several years, our church had always brought me in to share that, uh, with our church there at First Baptist Church in Seguin. I'm one of those old evangelists that believe that uh, you need to be a member of where you live and you need to support your local church. And if I didn't believe that, I'd join this church. Uh, but uh, I, I have a home church that I love and, and great, great people. And, and so every year they invite me, besides the revival, they invite me at the beginning of the year to come in and challenge them to a new year, a new place to go. And that's kind of what I want to do tonight with you. I want to speak to you tonight on the subject, what is your choice for 2020? Because you see, every one of us in this room tonight is going to make a choice in what we're going to do in 2020. Amen? And the problem of it is, is there's some good choices and there's some bad choices. You know, I've often said that every church that I go to are always saying they want revival. Well, I'm convinced more tonight than ever before, most of them don't want revival. They want revival as long as revival doesn't pertain to them, amen? But when God begins to speak to their heart, they want God to speak to somebody else's heart, but not to their heart. And I believe tonight that what you and I need is a fresh vision from God to go where God wants us to go. And uh, I, I count it an honor to speak in this church. Uh, I love this church. I love your pastor. Now, I'm, I got a little, uh, you know, something against him tonight because you notice in his invitation, he said, when I was a young guy, you know, that kind of insinuated that I was kind of old even back then, 40 years ago. Uh, but he was younger than I was. And, but I love Brother Charles. I, I love Brother Charles from the moment that I met him uh, he's always been a big part of our family. Uh, he preached my wife's funeral back in March. Uh, he was our first choice. Uh, just a great, great guy. 
but I love you at Woodland Hills as well. We've been here since the beginning. Just as we were at Port Arthur and Port Nature's with Brother Charles, when he came to Woodland Hills, uh, we came with him. I, I remember from the very beginning when he came, he rented a house and he called my wife and I and said, listen, we got some painting to do in the house. Would you come? I got a couple of volunteers to help me, but we need you. And we came up to that little house down the road down here to help paint that house. I remember the very first project when we began to put the, y'all began to put the ceiling in the gymnasium to make it two story. I remember whenever we built the building over the old building and people thought we were crazy in doing that. Uh, I, I've seen the remodeling of the old building to eventually tear it down. I've seen the open air meeting go to a fellowship hall. Uh, I've, I've, I've seen it all. I've seen it all. I told my daughters when we came at Christmas time, I said, everything that's here, everything that was here is not here, and everything's new in 15 years. God has blessed this place. But the choice that we have to make tonight is where are we going to go from here? I just want to read you a couple of verses, and I'm not going to linger long because I'd rather hear Brother Herb, and I know you would too. But if you have your Bible, turn with me to Matthew chapter 17, and I want to begin reading in verse 1. Matthew 17, verse 1. I want you to notice what it says. After six days, Jesus taken Peter, James, and John, his brethren, brother, and brought them up into a high mountain apart, was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as of the sun, and his raiment was white as a light. And behold, there appeared in them Moses and Elijah talking with them. Now notice this, and then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou will, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, one for Elijah. But notice what it says in verse 9. And as they came down from the mountain, notice what it says in verse 14. And when they had come to the multitude, there came unto him a certain man kneeling down to him, saying, Lord, have mercy upon my son." Now, we're familiar with this passage of Scripture, the Mount of Transfiguration. But let's go for just a moment over into the book of Numbers. And let me read you a couple of verses right there in the book of Numbers, and then we'll get to the message. In the 13th chapter of the book of Numbers, it reads as this. The Bible says, And Caleb stilled, in verse 30, And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it. For we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, we're not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Look at chapter 14, verse 1. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel muttered against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, would the God that we'd have died in the land of Egypt, or would to God that we'd have died in this wilderness? For wherefore has the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword for our wives and our children to be a prey? Were it not better for us to return to Egypt? And they said one to another, let us make a captain and let us return unto Egypt. I want to give you three choices tonight. 
And every one of us in this room will make one of the three. The question tonight is, what choice will we make? You see, the first passage of Scripture I read, Brother Charles spoke about it last night, and he spoke about it in a way that was really, truly, uh, was true. Remember, Brother Charles said last night, he said, this is tremendously good. Let us just encamp right here. Now, how many of us have said that in our spiritual life? How many of us have been in situations in our life and where it was so glorious that we just simply said, God, if you will, just let us stay right here. Folks, I've said it in my heart and in my life. Let us just stay right here. But you see, the Bible says they didn't stay. The Bible said they came down from the mountain. Why? Because there was a need at the foot of the mountain. And many times you and I get so comfortable of where we are, so satisfied of where we are, that we forget that outside of where we are are people that are hurting, people that are in need, people that are struggling, people that are lost, and we are to content to just sit down where we are. We do it individually, and we do it collectively. Folks, the majority of the churches that I go to just want to stay where they are. They're satisfied. If they lose one, hopefully gain another, but they're willing to stay right where they are. Let me tell you what's wrong with that. When we become so satisfied and so comfortable where we are, we lose the vision of what God has us here for. I used to ask my church when I pastored, and that was for 40 years ago. But I'd ask my church, I said, why are we here? Why are we here? Are we here in order just to be on a corner of, a, uh, of this community, on a corner of a street? Are we here in order just to have a steeple in our building? Are we here in order just to have First Baptist over our door? Why are we here? I said, we're here because at one time in the heart of one individual that was a spirit by the living God that our church was to be born in order to be a lighthouse to this community. I said, when we lose that vision, we lose the very essence of our existence. Oh, how many people have lost that vision. Our churches are filled with them. I know that in this church, as much as I love you and as much as I love Brother Charles, there are people in this building, as in every building, that would simply say, we've done enough, we've built enough, we've gone far enough. Let us just stop and enjoy what we got. But folks, let me tell you what would happen. Let me tell you what happened. The same thing that happened to me years and years ago when I left Seguin. I was tired. Those were the days that we were going full weeks. And I would go home on Friday night and I'd have to leave again on Saturday. And it was week after week after week. And I remember I, I was human. And I, I began to leave one Saturday. And, and I, where we lived, you had to cross the Guadalupe River to get out of town. And I left home and I was crying. I said, God, I'm tired. God, I don't want to go. I wanted to just stay home. 
I crossed the Guadalupe River, and it seemed like God, God just spoke to me. He said, that's why you got to go. And I thought, what, God? And all of a sudden, it dawned on me. Everybody in Seguin wants to live on the Guadalupe. Land is, is so expensive on the Guadalupe River. But God says, if you, listen, if you go a mile above Seguin and build a dam, and you go a mile down below Seguin and build a dam, and you stop that river from flowing, what's going to happen to it? It's going to become stagnant, and instead of people being driven to it, they're going to be driven away from it. And he said, that's why you've got to go. Our churches has got to flow. They cannot become stagnant. Folks, that's why the church that you belong to that's why the church that I belong to has got to flow. God did not create us to be ponds. God created us to be living water. There is a world of hurt. There's a world of people that are struggling. There's a world of people that are lost. And we cannot become so satisfied and content that we want to stay where we are. Many of you read Sheila's post. I asked her the other night if I could use it, and she said most definitely because it's public when it's on Facebook, amen? But you remember what Sheila, if you read it, you remember what she said. She said she was sitting after on that Sunday night service of Brother Scott, and she said as she sat there, God began to speak to her heart, and God said it's time to get up. It's time to get busy. It's time to stop sitting where you are and to accomplish what God has called you to life to accomplish. Oh, if every one of us could see that, that we could say, God, I'm not going to sit down. God, I'm not going to be com comfortable. God, I'm not going to become satisfied. God, I believe there's more. But then there's another group, another choice. And that choice is those that are always wanting to go backwards. The children of Israel. I mean, God had brought them out to bring them in. You remember they were good Baptists. They formed a committee and went in and checked everything out to make sure that God was right. They came back and they said everything that God said it was. It's a great land. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. And the Bible said they clustered a, cl a cluster of grapes on a pole because they were so large. But you know what the people said? God told us about the goodness of the land, but God didn't tell us about the problems. God didn't tell us about those cities over there. And God didn't tell us about those people over there that are giants in comparison to who we are. So now we're out here. We followed Moses. And look what we got. You see, my friend, the truth of the matter is they saw the provision of the land, but they didn't see the provider of the land. They were walking by sight instead of walking by faith. Brother Manley said they not only didn't have a vision for the front, but they didn't have a vision for the back because, my friend, they could not only see that God had brought them out there in order to bring them in, but they had forgotten to look back to see what God had done to get them to where they are. The crossing of the sea, the, the, the manna, the quail, the pillar of fire, they forgot how time after time after time God had supernaturally blessed them to get them to where they were, and God was wanting to use those things in order to be stepping stone to go in and possess the land. 
Boy, sometimes we forget where we came from. We forget what God has done for us. Folks, if there's any church in the world that has shouting ground, and you know my heart, my friend, I want to tell you, it's this church right here. There's not many churches that have done what you have done. But God is not finished yet. God still has something for this church to do. And everything that has happened in the past, all you have to do is reach back. There were people that said you couldn't put a two-story building in there, but God did. There were people that said you can't build a church over a church, but God did. There were people that said you can't remodel, but God did. People that said you can't turn that that open gym into a, a fellowship hall, but God did. And look at the new children's deal. Look what God has done time after time after time. But he does it in our lives, not only collectively, but individually. Look how good God's been. God has been good. I saw Brother Herb's message last night. He's not only in the fire, but he never leaves us there. Many of y'all know that we went through the most difficult time in our life. So Brother Thurman, Brother Thurman was here tonight and he lost his wife. I said, Brother Thurman, you know the thing that I learned, a lot of people that were giving me advice were people that had never lost their spouse. They were saying, oh, time will heal it. Every day is going to get better. I want to tell you, after nine months, it hadn't gotten much better. Spiritually, I'm fine. But physically, it hurts. God says when two people come together, they become one. You can't tell me that you can lose part of that one and that other one still be complete. Who I hurt. I hurt. It happened. We were getting ready to celebrate our 57th anniversary in two weeks. I remember I, it happened in March the 17th. I told some of y'all this story before, maybe. But I took all of April off. I just wasn't ready to go. And I remember my two precious daughters at the end of April, they said, Daddy, it's time for you to go. Mama would want you to go. There's people out there that are hurting. There's people out there that are lost. And the very same hope that you have, you've got to give it to them. It's time to go, Daddy. You see, it would have been easy for me to want to sit down. I read an article the other day from someone that wrote it, and it said, if only I had one more chance I would hug them one more time. I would tell them I loved them one more time. But you see, that time's gone. It passed. I can't go back. But here's the good part. We can go forward. We can be the Caleb's and Joshua's. Caleb and Joshua stood up and said, rebel not against the Lord, but listen, let's rise up and go, for we're well able to overcome it. You see, new ground or new challenges. Life is filled with challenges 
and problems and needs. But our God is bigger than the problems. Our God is bigger than the needs. The choice that we make tonight, are we going to be Caleb's and Joshua's? Are we going to be stagnant ponds? Are we always going to just be looking backwards? The choice is ours. I'm more determined today than ever before. I'm going on. I'm going on. What choice will you make? I love this church. I I was teasing last night, and I was telling Charles this. uh, Everything y'all have built, and this is no glory to us at all. It's all the glory to God because I just, I love to invest. But everything y'all have built, Judelle and I have had a part in. Every building program, every project. We gave to that building, children's building, when Judell was still living, when y'all first had the vision. When we came to the Christmas program, my girls wanted to part. And my girls and I, we gave another gift, gave our second gift to the children's building. I was sitting with Christy and Marty last night at the table. I said, Christy, I thank so much of you that we've given twice to your project out there. Marty leaned over and he said, the third time's the charm. (laughs) I said, Marty, I'm not even a member of your church, man. (laughs) But you know what I believe in? I believe in what God is doing. And I believe that the greater days are still ahead. Because you see, outside the walls of this church tonight are people that are hurting, people that are struggling, people that just need somebody to put their arms around them and say, I love you. There's that old boy on the back hold out there that's lost. It may never darken the church's door. But if we become satisfied and content where we are, he'll never hear the message. We're always looking back at where we've been, but we don't have a a vision for the future. We'll always miss those opportunities. They're out there. They're out there on 80s mission. They're out there behind the walls of some of these houses that you'll pass going home tonight. That even though they're not standing on the porch shouting it, behind the walls of those houses, they're saying, does anybody care? Does anybody care? There's people that lay their head down tonight and wish that tomorrow would never come because you know why? They feel like tomorrow's going to be worse than today. There's people with no hope, no direction, no vision. But you see, that's why God's put us here. We're the river. We got to flow. Amen. The Bible says in the book of Exodus, and I close with this passage, God said to Moses, why criest thou unto me? Speaking to my people, what? That they go forward. And my challenge to you tonight, not stay where you are, don't go back to where you've been, but to go on to where God wants you to be. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word.
Thank you for these people, God. And God, I pray tonight that, God, that we would take that challenge and step forward, Lord, to possess that which is before us that you have.